Abundance of love Abundance of grace Down to that cross You took my place Oh God You my ransom My ransom Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. In his name, we ought to give attention to the reading of the Scripture and the teaching thereof. In Acts chapter 17, verse 1, the Bible says, Paul and Silas then traveled through the towns of Amphipolis and Apollonia and came to Thessalonica where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was Paul's custom, He went to the synagogue service, and for three Sabbaths in a row, he used the Scripture to reason with the people. He explained the prophecies and proved that the Messiah must suffer and rise from the dead. He said this, and this is powerful. Don't miss it. He said, this Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. Some of the Jews who were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas along with many God-fearing Greek men and quite a few prominent women. But some of the Jews were jealous. So they gathered together some troublemakers from the marketplace to form a mob and start a riot. They attacked the home of Jason, searching for Paul and Silas so they could drag them out to the crowd. Not finding them there, they dragged out Jason and some of the other believers instead and took them before the city council. Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world, they shouted, and now they are here disturbing our city too. And Jason has welcomed them into his home. They are all guilty of treason against Caesar, for they profess allegiance to another king named Jesus. The people of the city as well as the city council, were thrown into turmoil by these reports. So the officials forced Jason and the other believers to post bond, and then they released them. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Let's Turn Our World Upside Down for God. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the Holy Ghost. And I pray right now that you'd anoint me to say the things that you'd have me to say. Teach us today. By your spirit, from your word, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's turn our world upside down for God. I have been in personal revival. I've been in personal attack, which could have caused me to back up or press forward, and I'm going to do what I've told you all to do. I, when, when, when the enemy pushing on you, what? Push back. Press in. Push back harder. So I, I, I have been in such a state of determination to do everything God called us to do before I leave this earth. And I want you to know every church, every New Testament spirit-filled church should be turning their world upside down for Jesus. The sad reality is in the 60s, the world crept into the church Then in the 80s, politics crept into the church. Always been political. Then drugs, all these different things. And now what goes on in churches doesn't look like what God had determined when he sent his son to die for the church. 
I'm not even going to spend all my time telling you that some of the largest churches in the world got, got, uh, let's let's call them men worship leaders, got more sugar in their tank than a five-pound bag of Winn-Dixie crystals. Uh, Y'all buy the fancy, I don't even know what fancy sugar is called. I I had to see the generic. But we got got gay, I I played y'all that video from that gay woman uh, in the Unity Church praying the spirit prayer, the sparkle creed, talking about God's a uh, non-binary, call God a woman and non-binary all in the same prayer. Be consistent with your foolishness. But the, the, the world, the church decided years ago, well, we're going to have to let these gays sing because they can sing and they can dance and they wear good clothes. They're fashionable. And they know lots of folk and they can fill up the seats. I guarantee you this. Half of your faith, well, uh, some of y'all, uh, let me take out y'all. Y'all not going to listen to Southern Gospel music. Uh, minus you Southern Gospel listen. Half your favorite gospel singers are gay. And their church knows it. And well, how's the preacher going to tell it? Eddie Long, one of the biggest churches in the world, had, had gay worship leaders for years. And everybody was like, why don't Bishop Long say something? How's Bishop Long going to say, you can't serve God in my church and you're gay? After he came out, not just gay, gay with little children, boys. The world has infiltrated the church. The church has become reactionary instead of dominant. God said, go, be fruitful, multiply, and take dominion over the entire planet. We're not supposed to be getting kicked around by the world, changing who we are to meet the customs and the creed of the world. We're supposed to be the movers, the shakers, the mountain climbers. We're supposed to be the voice, the presence of God in the earth today. Everywhere we go, we carry the image of God with us. And I want to say it, I've been saying it for the last two weeks. It's time to turn the west side upside down for Jesus. It's time to let 103rd Street know that God is more powerful than a mayor, a governor, a president, and this whole planet. That's what the apostles did. Oh, we're going to look at the Bible this morning. You know why? Because it's the only book that people ought to be studying on Sunday morning. And mostly any other time. Uh, you ought to be reading this book every day. But the Bible is such a great book. we got to get a higher view of the Word of God. It's not just a book like any other book. It says for itself, it's a living book. It, it, it's a sharp uh, book. It cuts right down to the heart of the matter. You've heard some of these statistics. If you come out on Wednesday night before, uh, it's this big book. It's got everything we need to know about God and His plan for us. We don't need to speak to the universe and let the universe tell us what to do. We just need to get in the book and let God tell us what to do. This book, inside this book, two covenants, Old Testament, New Testament, 66 books, 1,189 chapters. Uh, That's not that much. But the average Christian hadn't read the whole thing ever one time. And we need to do better. Uh, 929 chapters in the Old Testament, 260 chapters in the New Testament, 31,000 verses and, and some changes, over 783,000 words in this book, and every word is valuable. And we need to learn how to value 
the word of God. Everywhere I go, we here outside this church, I hear so many people say, Pastor, wouldn't it be awesome if we got to live in a, in a, in a time like Pentecost? Oh, I want to see. They tell me they want to see signs and wonders. Uh, they they, they, they want to see uh, the dead raised. They want, they want to see limbs grow back. You say, if you ask Pascal, do you believe all that? Absolutely. I, I know people that are witnessing it in Africa, in Europe, in other places where they don't have 800 t- t- channels on television. Hey, I finally, I'm telling y'all what, I'm cleaning house personally. You do you. I'm cleaning house personally on me. Uh, I, y'all, some of y'all have heard the outrageous amount of money I spend on uh, Xfinity, $335 a month, bumped up to over $400 last month because I, I, I was home. Uh, my, my, I was home by myself. I, I, I knew it wasn't going to be much of a fight, but I went ahead and paid that ridiculous money for that Jake Paul, uh, Nate Diaz disaster. Took that up over $400. But I told y'all. I'm in revival. I'm cleaning house. So guess what happened to my $400, $350, sometimes $400 Comcast bill this past week? I told Comcast, we don't love you no more. They said, well, Mr. Becker, you can at least keep the basics package. That's, that's only $39 a month. I said, we don't love you no more. I need television in my house for when when I when there's a whole Bible I need to be reading. What I need television in my house for when there's a whole community I need to get busy turning the world upside down for God. Man, you come along on this journey with me if you want to, but we are going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We are going to turn the west side upside down for Jesus, and we're going to be a refuge of hope for all who come into this place. People talking about, I, I want to see Pentecost. People want the power of Pentecost, but they don't want to pay the cost. They don't want to be holy the way the apostles of the first century church was holy. They don't want to walk in unity the way the first church walked in unity. They don't want to give all their money in that. Oh, we better stop there. I work too hard for mine. Mm. You ever catch yourself feeling like you work hard for your money? I want you to ask yourself, who gives you the breath in your body to work hard? Who gave you two hands and two feet? Mm, That ain't the message. Let me keep moving. The believers in the first century church, they were dedicated to God, and they were willing to do whatever it took. Now, I'm going to say this. I wasn't going to say it. Not in my notes, but it's just so in my heart. uh, And this ain't technically theologically uh, what I'm trying to get you to understand, but it makes sense in my mind, and if it makes sense to me, maybe it'll make sense to you. There's different ways to get things done, yeah? Lots of ways to skin a cat. Uh, I believe the most effective civil rights leader in the history of America is Dr. King. Two people agree with me. Y'all, the rest of y'all going to hell. Um, That's a joke, maybe. But Dr. King changed, God used Dr. King, a preacher, to bring change into the world. And, and he did it through nonviolent protesting. 
and I'm very laid back. Just let's let's be good people. Let's let them see that we're better than them. Let's just let's just live out our. Uh, but then there was another man around the same time that was a civil rights leader. He had a different platform. He wasn't thinking about nonviolent protest. Uh, how many how many of y'all know who I'm talking about? Malcolm X said what? By any means necessary, we're going to get this done. And I'm going to tell you what, we've been laid back. Don't let stuff get in your mind. Four of y'all thought the same thing I thought. That's why it's important you, know, you never listen to anything that ain't gospel music. Because you'll be standing up preaching one day and I'm holding a microphone. And God will, God will move you to say laid back. And then while you're preaching, you'll be hearing in your mind, with my mind on my money and my money on my mind. <laughs> Laid back. <laughs> sipping on gin and juice. I don't need, I don't need Comcast in my house. People will be like, Pastor, I was flipping through the channels the other day and I landed on this music video. How many of you watch? Nah. Hours. No. We've been using a more of a Dr. King type of approach to uh, seeing this city transformed by the power of God's love. But you do what God lays on your heart to do. I'm in a Malcolm X frame of mind right now. We're going to take this city over by any means necessary. I'm tired of seeing the blood-bought church be on the bottom while everybody else is taking advantage. I tell you what, I need one of y'all that, that, that lived, lived a squeaky clean life because I don't, I don't want to be in politics. Don't, don't, don't have me mess around and start a third party. This country needs a third party. This country needs to get rid of every Republican and every Democrat and every Independent in Washington right now. All, all they want. I told y'all Wednesday night them Republicans was faking the funk, holding up, uh, talking about going Shut down the government because the Democrat plan had too many billions of dollars going to immigrants and Ukraine. I told y'all, they'll cave in like spineless jelly bags, spend the money, and, and what they do last night. Oh, we reached a resolution. Six more billion dollars going to Ukraine. Tell them people from Ukraine, I want my money back. We got people in Jacksonville that need that money. Let me get off that because y'all y'all don't y'all don't want y'all don't want to hear all that. But it's time for the church to rise up. Listen, if most people go through life not noticing what's going on, I love to study. I love to read. I love facts and information. I I love studying what happened leading up to uh, the march. On Selma. I love studying what happened. I've been to the Lorraine Motel where Dr. King got shot. I looked in the, in the room, the last place he laid his head. I've been to the museum across the street. I love history. I love seeing what God does through different movements. And I'm telling you, it's time for God to have a movement in Jacksonville. Because the church has been beat down by the world. And there ain't no reason. We shouldn't be changing for them. They ought to be changing for us. Uh, we, we got people catering to every group. Uh, listen, we need to take some lessons 
from some civil rights movements. Uh, what, I'm not saying I agree with all of them, because some I definitely don't agree with. Uh, but there was a whole group of people in America that said enough's enough, and we ain't taking this no more. You want to burn down our cities? We'll burn down your whole country. Now, I'm not saying we should do that yet. Move on from a, a, a civil rights movement that I support to one that I don't. How in the world? Okay, now listen, I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're transsexual, bisexual, three-way sexual, non-spirit, gender non-conforming, A, B, C, D, E binary, uh, whatever. God, God ain't no more mad at a homosexual than he's mad at a person that doesn't read their Bible. Sin is sin. But let me hit you with some real facts. Transsexual people make up less than one half of 1% of the population of the United States, but the whole country, all of Washington does nothing but talking about inclusivity and let's, let's don't be transphobic. You never heard that word growing up, xenophobic. They made that word up in my lifetime, misogynistic. Uh, patriarchy. You never heard of any of these words. They got us so concentrating on, well, we need to be inclusive for the LGBTQPIA++. That's the current moniker. You should be gay folk. Lesbians wasn't having it. Y'all know how lesbians are. They put the L in front of the G. They, 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 mm, they, they were hard chargers. Uh, and so... There are, you, you, can, you can't find me five trans cross-dressing people uh, in, in, in this neighborhood. You can't do it. Go door to door and find them. They but w- why are we talking about them all the time? We got Supreme Court justices was asked to define what a woman is. She said, well, that's a difficult question. It's not. Any little kid will tell you. I don't care what they call it. Listen, y'all know I'm graphicing out there. Uh, a, a, a three-year-old who know who got a PP and who don't. <laughs> Our politicians can't tell it. Our Supreme Court, it's 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 well, it's nuanced. You ever hear somebody go to answer a question? They use the word nuanced. They're couching it inside a lie. Our world is run amok and gone crazy. They're flooding, they're flooding us with media about all the wrong stuff. They, they, uh, they're just going crazy. Now they're about to turn, now the transgenders turn on Bud Light because they're suing Bud Light because they didn't support Dylan Mulvaney uh, to, to a good enough level once uh, they, she, her, him, ho, whatever. Uh, everybody quit drinking Bud Light. And they kick, they kick their, listen, if you're a spokesperson for a company and you don't drive sales up, they'll fire you too. You don't have to be gay to get fired as a spokesperson. It's all you hear about in the news. And then uh, the boy want to write a song about rioting. He said, try that in a small town. Everybody want to come out and call it racist. Listen, I, I told y'all, some of y'all, people in this room that was down there, I told them, don't go down there. When Antifa rolls up on Jacksonville, does a BLM march on Jacksonville, uh, you should go to the one in Portland if you want to see it. Because all you're going to see, somebody try some stuff like that in Jacksonville, 
is about 700 steroid pumped up, bulletproof vest wearing Jacksonville cops saying what that boy wrote on that country song. Try that in a small town. Man, the whole world has run amok, and I believe the biggest problem is because Christians won't stand up and say, not on my watch. Our grandparents wouldn't have stood for this foolishness. The saints of old wouldn't have tolerated this. No, it would never have happened. We have let this country, we're the laughing stock of the world. You, you want to see something funny? Uh, a YouTube search that, I, I don't remember where he's from, Ghana, uh, Chad, Uganda, somewhere. They were, they were asking the, the president of this country in the continent of Africa, they said, are, are, you, are, are you saying that you're opposed to homosexuals in your country? He said, of course I am opposed. They're disgusting. I thought, I thought say that again? Because Manny Pacquiao said that. Uh, when he was a senator in the Philippines, he said, even two dogs know which, which, which one they ought to be with. <laughs> Cancel culture. Can, they, they're laughing at us. Our politicians can't tell what's a woman. You're going to let these people make laws for you, and they can't tell you what a man or a woman is? Now, the world's going crazy, and it's time to put our foot down. It's time to put our back against the wall and say, for the Lord I'll live, for the Lord I'll die, and I'm not going to be chased around by the world. I am fully persuaded that Jesus is the only way. Uh, the first century believers, they were dedicated to God and willing to do whatever it took. They, they, they weren't this, well, I go to church on Sunday, but, you know, <laughs> I do me on the weekend. That ain't no level of Christianity. That ain't no level. If you are exposed to more Bible reading inside this building than you are inside your home, you are either spiritually sick or unsaved. Ah. First century church wasn't that way. It, uh, I read to you our text is out of Acts 17, but let me set some context for you. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas have been thrown in jail for preaching that Jesus was the Messiah. Paul and Silas put thrown in jail for preaching that Jesus was risen from the dead. That's what Paul, when, when we, we read before, when Paul was uh, defending himself in a court before Festus and then later before Agrippa the king, he was saying, why, why do you find it a strange thing that I would say that the Messiah would raise himself from the dead? Because all the prophets believe this from the beginning until now. And the church has forgotten what our message is. The church has forgotten what we ought to be talking about. So Paul and Silas get put in jail for saying Jesus is Messiah. Jesus is raised from the dead. Uh, one of the greatest verses that you ought to memorize because the, the answer to the greatest question ever is asked and answered in Acts chapter 16 and verse 31. The jailer who once God made an earthquake because they were singing, they were praising God, and, and, and they, were, they were worshiping God. The earthquake comes, shackles fall off. Jailer's going to kill himself because he knows he's going to be tortured and killed for letting prisoners escape. Paul and Silas say, don't hurt yourself. We're still here. We're too busy worshiping God. Our chains are off, but we ain't running. And he came in and asked this question. I, if you don't hear anything, here it is. In Acts 16, 31, the Philippian jailer asked Paul and Silas, Sirs, what must I do? to be saved. And they gave the one true and only answer, believe in the Lord 
Jesus Christ, and now shall be saved. Now we got churches having pretty hat contests, car washes. We got church, churches having bless me parties. We got church having fashion shows, talent shows. Listen, I'm not mad at, at, at being creative, but what I am saying is the standard is gone, and the church doesn't look any different from the world. If lost people can sit in a church and not feel uncomfortable, if lost people can sit in the midst of true worship and not feel left out, if lost people can sit under the anointed preaching of the inspired word of God and not say, ouch, then that church is nothing. Because the Bible says this book is a rock of offense and the natural people cannot receive it. I thank God for us being spiritual. But Paul and Silas, they were out there doing what God called them to do. They got put in jail. They told the jailer uh, to, to uh, believe in Jesus. Then we come to Acts 17.1. Listen to verse 1 again. Paul and Silas then, when is then? After. Then is after something. After chapter 16, after they, they went and led the, the Philippians jailer, entire family to Christ, baptized all of them. And then after they left that, Place. They traveled through Amphilippus and Apollonia, and they came to this town called Thessalonica, which we're familiar with because we have two books in the Bible named after that city. It says, where there was a Jewish synagogue. Now, when you read Jewish synagogue, think church. Say church. Temple, tabernacle, synagogue, church. They, they, they found a place where people gathered together to worship Jehovah. And I want to tell you something. Finding a church is a good thing. Going to church is a good thing. But a lot of people go to church and ain't saved, and that ain't going to get you to heaven. Mm, I, I ain't preaching that message this morning, but figure that out uh, before it's too late. Um, whether you're having a great week or whether you're just coming out of jail like Paul and Silas, uh, you, you, you need to find yourself in a church, and you need to be busy advancing God's kingdom. And the Bible says when they got to Thessalonica, they found a synagogue, and, and listen to what they did. Verse 2, as was Paul's custom, he went to the synagogue service, and for three Sabbaths, three weeks in a row, he used the Scripture to reason with the people. Look at that first part, as was Paul's what? Custom. Y'all remember what the, what the gospel says about Jesus? As his what? Custom was... He was in the temple on the Lord's Day. People to tell me, well, I ain't got to go to church to be a Christian. Yes, you do. Now, you can, go to, you can go to heaven without going to church. The thief on the cross didn't go to church that we know of, but he went to heaven. Uh, but the word Christian means Christ-like. If you're going to call yourself a Christian, you at least need to go to church because Jesus went to church. The Bible says that our faith is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus being the cornerstone, and they all went to church. It was their custom to go to church. I want to tell you what, I, I love the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm, I'm not going to lie and say that, that uh, it's full of perfect people because it's not. It's so funny. I, I counsel lots of people, and I have people tell me all the time, well, don't get me wrong, Pastor. I, 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 I don't want to mislead you. Uh, I'm not perfect. <laughs> Hold up. Was you thinking that I was thinking that you were perfect? No. You don't even have to let that come out of your mouth. But it ought to be your custom to be in church. I'm going to tell you this, there's some, but there's some bad folk in church. 
I've told y'all for years, stop talking about, well, I'm just dealing with church hurt, Reverend. My last church, you know, I gave my all. And, and the pastor ran off with the secretary. Just destroyed my faith. If your faith is built on who the pastor's running off with, you're worshiping the wrong person. Somebody ought to say amen. Ain't no church hurt. People hurt inside the church. Some of the worst people I ever met go to church. But some of the best people I know go to church too. And more importantly, Paul went to church. Jesus went to church. It ought to be your custom. Long as day you live, that it is your custom to go to church. See, if we wanted to lay out, you can always, I think my back's hurting. I'm going to call out. Y'all don't know how many times, and, and you, so, you, I know, it, it, half, a lot of times it had been better than what I was going to say. Elder Keon's a fantastic preacher of the gospel. Y'all know how many times I looked at my phone and I thought, man, I ought to call Elder Keon. I think my back's hurting. I didn't even go to bed last night. That's not unusual. I don't sleep most Saturday nights. I'm up in prayer, pouring over this book, begging God for a, a fresh word to give to his people. I'm so tired. Uh, whoo, be glad. He keeps his phone on. Be glad I don't ring it every other week. Because if you wanted a reason, well, you know, I'm kind of tired. We're all tired. Well, my back hurts a little bit. Me too. Well, I think I'm going to get a headache. Uh, maybe. We can always find a re- Oh, looks like it might rain. I guarantee you this. If you had tickets to the Florida-Georgia game and it looked like it was going to rain, you'd still show up. And we don't meet outside. Let me keep moving. It was his custom to go to church. And the Bible says he was there for three Sabbaths. That's, that's three weeks in a row. And he was teaching the people from the Scriptures. If, if, if you read the Gospel, you'll see Jesus and all the apostles had the same custom. I'm glad it's my custom. I'm glad it's... Your custom. Who, who, was I, who was I telling to? I think I was telling Sean uh, Wednesday night. I know if you're not here, it, it's not because you're laying up in bed, you know, sipping on gin and juice. It's because you're working. You got something going on. You ought to be so faithful. It ought to so be your custom to come to church. I don't call when people don't come. Come if you want to. Stay home if you, if you want to stay home. But if, if I don't see you, if, if you come as faithful as she does and some of the rest of y'all, uh, I just assume, well, you know, they probably had to work, probably got caught up. I hope, you know, I hope they didn't, you know, get in some type of accident. But it ought to be your custom, say custom, to be in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. The Bible commands us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, such as a manner of some, but to show up and encourage each other, even the more so as you see that final day approaching. I want to tell you, if you don't see the end of time coming, you're not looking. So this is what's going on in, in, in Acts 17, um, and, and we, need, we need to live that kind of life. We need to obey what this, what this perfect book says. Listen, there are lots of preachers in the world today who use other things than the Bible to reason with people. That's my promise to you. This is my pledge. I've been doing this every week since 1982. I've been teaching and preaching the Word of God for 41 years in this city and I promise you, I never came up into the pulpit with a Reader's Digest or some man-written book. I'm not going to bring, oh, li- listen, I- I'm not going to come up here 
church is teaching the five love languages. I ain't mad at the five love languages. That's okay. Uh, let your psychologist teach you that. T- church is teaching uh, the, 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 the uh, fishers five-step plan to better fight. That's okay. But I'm going to come up and teach the Bible. As long as God gives me breath, I got one book to preach out of, and it is the holy inspired Bible of the Lord Jesus Christ. At Abundant Life, that's the only book we got. We got one book to follow. We got one God, one faith, one baptism, one Lord, one Jesus, one soon coming again Jesus to take his one church out of this earth. And we are sure that Jesus is the only way. Well, what about all the people? Jesus said he's the only way. It's not my opinion. It's the written word of God. Now, the people that Paul was talking to about God's promises uh, he's to send a sign. And in and, and this verse, Paul declared, they, they wanted a sign. In this verse, Paul declares the greatest truth in all the world. He said, Jesus is that Messiah. They'd all heard about Messiah was going to come, and, and, and Paul wanted to make sure they knew. Listen, they didn't accept it. 2,000 years ago, they didn't accept it. So God opened up the gospel to the Gentile. The Bible says that this gospel is to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. Jesus told non-Jewish people that he didn't come to, to minister to them. He came to minister to the house of Israel. And then the Syrophoenician woman said, but even the dogs desire crumbs from the master's table. And Jesus told, told I ain't seen this much faith nowhere. And he blessed that woman. And I want to tell you something. If you don't catch your blessing, somebody else will. And God opened up the gospel to Gentiles and the Jewish people. We need to love them. We need to pray for them. Listen, uh, it's the South. I, I've had people in my church. I had somebody in this church one time, uh, and it wasn't the only one, African-American man. Uh, we were talking about um, racism in the city, and surely we got those problems. And he was like, well, I've never said the N-word in my life, and neither has anyone in my family. I looked at it. That's why I looked at him, Shannon, just like that. I said, bruh, your kids go to the amenity center with my kids, and they hear them dropping them bombs all day long. I mean, we, 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 we live in a place, and we live in a time where the world has gone nuts and the world has gone mad, but we need to stop worrying about what the news is preaching and we need to start telling people that Jesus is the Messiah. See, they, he told them that because the whole Jewish world was looking for Messiah. Oh, back to that for a minute. The reason I brought that up is I know every black person in this room got some white people jokes. said every black person in this room has some white people jokes. Honky cracker, mayonnaise, uh, white bread, what, 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 D. Whitman, whatever, wherever you want to go with it. Smell like a wet dog. Wherever you want to go with it. You know, had 12 children with his cousin. Wherever you want to go with it. I grew up in this town. Man, all these stiff white people are nervous. Listen. I tell you what I tell y'all. How could you say that they're black people? They knew they were black when they walked in here. 
I ain't educating nobody. They woke up black. Amen. God created them to be black. Now, all the, but all the white people are like, oh, well, I got jokes. Yeah, I know all you white people in here. Y'all got y'all some black jokes. I thank God for Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac saved me out of a lot of trouble in my lifetime. <laughs> of course, I already knew it beforehand. Bishop would always try to come. We were together at the Lorraine, Lorraine Motel. Everybody was gathering around. We walked across the street to Dr. King Museum. We're, we're looking at all these hoods and sheets. Bishop's like, hey, Scott. I'm the only white guy there. He said, are these really what y'all's uniform? We're looking at hoods and sheets, clan. He said, is that where it is? I thought it seemed to win it. Let me ask Scott. Scott, Scott, did it seem to go on that side or that side? He said, come on, Scott. And, and, and he, he, used it. He's, he said, tell us some N-word jokes. But he didn't say N-word. Uh, and I... If y'all didn't see that movie with Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac, listen, white people. Walking around. I knew kids at Oakleaf because Oakleaf's very mixed. They were like, oh, my friends gave me a hall pass to use that. You better not. Catch a hall pass upside your head. Bernie Mac told the white Ashton Kutcher when he was dating Bernie Mac's black daughter. He said, go on and tell us some jokes. Bad move. Because the first one they laughed at. And Ashley Kutcher started feeling himself. And the second one they laughed less. And he said, tell me another one. Well, that is code for shut up, bury your head in your plate, and get out of their life. Every one of y'all got racist jokes. We live in a racist country. We live in one of the most racist cities in America. Well, no, the country ain't racist. Let me back up. There are racists in the country. There's good people in the country, too. Um, but I don't advocate telling racially insensitive jokes. But I'm going to tell you this. Go, you tell your white jokes, you tell your black jokes, but you better stop telling them Jewish jokes. I don't think you ought to be telling jokes that disparage any race of people, but there's only one race of people God attached a promise to. He said that if we love and support the people of Israel, that God will bless us. But if we mock them and we go against them, God will destroy us. Tell whatever kind of jokes you want to, but don't tell them in front of me. And certainly don't have no Jewish jokes in front of me. Five people going to walk up to me and say, Pastor, did you hear this one? I don't want to hear it. And you, you need to be careful. See, the Jewish people, they refused to. They knew Messiah was coming. They just didn't believe it was Jesus because they thought Messiah was going to establish the rule of David in the city of God, of Jerusalem, and get the Roman oppressor off their neck, and they were going to get put on top. And when Jesus left, they're like, well, he can't be the Messiah because he didn't do it. Listen, he didn't do it yet. He's coming back to do it. Uh, and sadly, the Jewish people chose to not believe what the apostles were telling them. He said, this Jesus I'm telling you about is the Messiah. He's the one we've been looking for, waiting for. You see, everybody that goes to heaven got saved the same way. Before the cross, people say, how do people get saved before Jesus? Everybody got saved at the cross. 
Before Jesus, people looked forward into the future believing that Messiah would come. After, we look back at the cross believing that Messiah would come. But the only hope any of us have for eternal life in heaven is through Messiah. And some people say Messiah. Some people say Christ. If if this was Wednesday night, I'd love it because we have open discussion. And I'd let some of y'all teach us what's the difference between Messiah and Christ. I'll just be the answer maker for y'all. Nothing. Messiah is the Old Testament Hebrew word. Christ is the New Testament Greek word for the exact same meaning, the one who would lead, guide, and save his people from their sins. And I want to tell you something. They waited for thousands of years for Messiah to come. Jewish people are still waiting for Messiah to come. But we who are born again, we know that Messiah came to this earth, born as a baby in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lived a perfect life, grew up without sin, died on a cruel cross for us, rose again on the third day by his own power, and now he sits in glory waiting to come bring us back. He's, he's the, the Bible says that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God, and we need to know who Jesus is. In verse 4, the Bible says, Some of the Jews who were persuaded who were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas. Amen. Some of these Jews, they're like, I believe that. Bet. I'm with y'all. That's what we should be doing. We should be persuading people that Jesus is the only way. So they'll come get saved, get baptized on that porch. We'll sing glory, glory, hallelujah, and we'll keep growing in faith. So some of the Jews, now they're talking about men, along with many God-fearing Greek, here's the many, many God-fearing Greek men, but check out this last part, and quite a few prominent women. Everybody's like, well, back in them days, women didn't have nothing. Women went about prominent women. Do you know Jesus' entire ministry was financed by a handful of women that gave to him out of their pocket? Women have always been important in God's kingdom, and here we see in this verse, that men and women are coming to believe the message that Jesus is Messiah. In verse 5, it says, But some of the Jews were jealous, so they gathered some troublemakers from the marketplace to form a mob and start a riot. George Soros, Antifa, all all these groups. Only purpose is to destroy. I, I wish that the people in Atlanta would have listened uh, to, to the African-American female mayor when they were burning cities down in all these riots and said, come on, y'all, we're better than this. Well, we want to believe that. But, you, hey, there's always going to be people who are just looking for a good riot to join. There's always going to be troublemakers look, look, looking to cause problems. And it says they attacked the home of Jason, searching for Paul and Silas so they could drag them out into the crowd. I wonder if this became our reality in an America where the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is declining in numbers at a greater rate than ever before. In America where the state of Utah has now taken the Bible off library shelves in schools because it's non-inclusive and it, and it, and it says bad things in their mind is it don't say a bad thing by saying that homosexuality is an abomination to God driving down the road without your seatbelt on is an abomination to God fornicating is an abomination to God 
Ain't singling nobody out. Everybody's guilty. The Bible says all of sin comes short of the glory of God. But in a country where they're taking Bibles off shelves, uh, people already rioting, what you going to do when they start going house to house and they roll up on you? You got any Christians in there? Be just like, what was that girl's name in the Holocaust? Hide, hid, hid in the basement, wrote a book. Anne Frank, could you do that? Would, would, would you stand up for it? If they were coming house to house saying, I want all your Bibles, and, and, and I want you to denounce Christ, are we going to drag you out into this crowd? Mm, that day's coming. Hide and watch. I promise you. That day is prophesied already. And listen, it's always going to be troublemakers. They said they went and found them some trouble. It ain't hard to find troublemakers. You, 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 you walk into any place in the world with three people, one of them hates Jesus, if not all three of them. They got them some tr- Listen, there's always troublemakers. Uh, I, I love the King James Version. Call them naysayers and gainsayers, mockers and scoffers. Other translations call them rebels and haters. And, uh, listen, anyone who gets involved in God's kingdom, I told you all this last week, uh, I'm going to tell you again, if you are a Christian, and you decide to be who God wants you to be, two things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to stop looking at your watch to wonder how long I'm going to preach. And number two, you're going to have ops. Every true Christian has ops. There's people out there opposing the people of God. And they went, they're not hard to find. Uh, and they went out and they got these troublemakers. And they, 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 they turned them loose. Well, look, listen, listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16, 9. He said, there's a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. I want to tell you something. If there's anywhere that has a wide open door, a great opportunity to see a neighborhood come up, a city come up, a group of people leave behind what's been weighing them down and embrace the only thing that can bring them up, it's this place right here in Jacksonville, Florida. And we got a great opportunity. We got ops. Y'all, y'all think modern culture invented, I got ops. No, the Bible said they got ops. You ever do anything for God, you, you're going to see these people. They're going to pop their heads up. Back in our text in verse 6, let me finish this up. Not finding them there, who? Paul and Silas. They went in there, thought, oh, we're going to get them. We're going to get them. We, they, they said they were going to come shut us down during the pandemic because we never stopped having church. Well, Pastor, you always said we're supposed to obey the law. The Bible says in Acts chapter 5 that if the law contradicts what God says, we must obey God rather than man. Mayor was going to shut abundant life. I told him, come on. The pastors calling me mega church pastors. They had shut their whole church down. Uh, and listen, half of them never went back because they found out, hey, people are sending the money. We don't even have to hold service. Kind of lets you know what's going on in the average church. But they, they always want to come after the people who are doing something for God. Not find them there. They dragged out Jason and some of the other believers instead. They took them before the king. They couldn't get Paul. They couldn't get Silas. I got a credenza full of death threats on me from the day we started this church because we were in Middleburg, and they didn't like the fact that black people were driving into Clay Hill section of Middleburg on 218 West, and they inward in lover, preacher, Get all, I mean, just bad, bad, and bad. I had one lady, uh, she, she was going to kill me. She threatened a letter, wrote a letter, 
That's how stupid people are. Don't write a letter with your name on it. Threaten murder. We didn't, we didn't have, uh, she said that God told her to kill me because we didn't have a cross in the church that she could see. And, she was, and, we, and we didn't celebrate Christmas decorations the way she thought we should. And, uh, but then, you know, she's crazy in her head. She said, but I know I can't get to you. I got the letter. She said, but I can kill your sons. I thought, well, they couldn't get to Paul and Silas. So they got to Jason. I wonder if there's anybody alive that would be willing to say, I will gladly suffer for the Lord so I can reign with him in glory. They couldn't get Paul and Silas. They had gotten Paul and Silas in chapter 16. It wasn't like they were that hard to find. But in this case, they couldn't get to Paul and Silas, so they dragged out Jason and some others. Listen, they wanted their pound of flesh. They wanted somebody to pay uh, for this noise that Jesus uh, is the Messiah. And they said Paul and Silas had caused trouble all over the world, and now they're here disturbing our city too. Mm. I I, I love this verse. I ain't going to preach it long because we need to get out of here. I I said, they said the apostles had, look in the middle, they have caused trouble all over the world. Now, uh, that these, they say these people, they stirred up trouble throughout the world. They, they put the world in commotion. That, that's what it says in different versions. It says they turned the world upside down uh, in the King James Version. Other versions say they caused trouble all over the world. They say they've upset the world. They say they put the world in a state of disarray. I want to tell you something. You want to know what time it is? It's time for every blood-bought child of God to turn the world upside down for Christ, to cause the world to go into commotion, to stir up trouble for people that hate the name Jesus. If we ever started getting together uh, the way the African-American community got together in the civil rights movement, our people, my people, uh, and, and listen, I, I, I'm, not, I'm never going to stop telling y'all, stop, stop rallying behind every black person just because they're black. Well, that's my, everybody all mad at George Floyd. George Floyd committed 39 felonies, held, held, robbed people at gunpoint. You wouldn't let your daughter date him, but you're going to want to riot because he, he, you know, he, he got done dirty. What did Beretta say? Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Don't do it. If we ever got a my people mindset, well, Jessica, you know them Hispanics, me familiar. They see a, they see a, Spanish, a Hispanic person in an airport. They'll miss their flight running over there to hug somebody's neck. If the body of Christ ever realized that we are one through the blood of Jesus Christ, if we got an our people mentality, we could take the, If we stop being divided, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, if we stop being divided, Republican, Democrat, rich, poor, if we stop being divided and started standing together, we're going to turn this world upside down for Jesus. Verse 7 says, and Jason has welcomed them into his home. Oh, ain't Jason horrible for being a good host? They are all guilty of treason against Caesar. 
for they profess allegiance to another king named Jesus. I want to tell you something. If you're going to do something to bother people, this is what it ought to be. You ought to profess your... Listen, if you've been around me for any length of time, I, I already know. I can already tell you. Uh, who, who the Florida Gator fans are, they always, who the South Carolina Gamecock fans are, who the Laker fans are, who the Celtics... Listen, you talk about who you support. We ought to be professing our allegiance to Jesus Christ above everything. You ought to be more Christian than man. Well, I'm a strong man. You ought to be more Christian than woman. Well, I'm a strong independent. You ought to be more Christian than political party. You ought to identify as your as our most common denominator is that we are all the body of Christ through faith in Christ Jesus. And we ought to have allegiance to, hear me good, another king. Now, you ought to pray for President Biden every day because God commands us, first of all, pray for all those who are in authority. You should have prayed for Trump. You should have prayed for Obama. You should have prayed for them. Uh, them. I'm going to help all y'all remember how these presidents rolled out. And pray for that one that was between the bushes. <laughs> Slick Willie. I did not have sex with that woman. Yes, you did. None of them deserve our allegiance. We're commanded to pray for all of them. But I want you to leave here today knowing that you got a king that is better than any king on the planet. If you're saved, your king is Jesus, and you need to go out of here and profess your allegiance to Jesus. Stop being more Republican than you are Christian. Stop being more Democrat than you are Christian. Stop being more white than you are Christian. Stop being more black than you are Christian. All that other stuff's not going to solve the world's problems. The only hope for this world is the King, Jesus Christ. Come on, Victor, let's finish this up. I just wonder if you're willing to be so radical for God that this world will find you guilty of professing allegiance to another king. Now, listen, I ain't talking about some of y'all. Some of y'all lazy, shabby workers, and all you want to do is evangelize on your job. Uh, mm. you, you, if you want to evangelize, be the best worker they ever had. Don't always be begging people for money and laying out. But you ought to, you ought to have, a, have a mindset that says, man, they're going to know I'm a Christian. They're going to know it. Some people are like, well, I'm not very verbal. I just try to hopefully some kind of way let my light shine. What good is that if they don't know that your light is Jesus Christ? You better walk everywhere you go and say, all to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. Y'all don't know the good hymns of the faith. Let me close out of here. Verse 8. The people of the city as well as the council were thrown into turmoil by these reports. They were disturbed when they heard about people professing their allegiance to Jesus. They ought to be hearing it from us. We are not here to be a megachurch. I told somebody this week, I've been telling them the whole time we've been here. 
We ain't going to get fancy, rich people to come to our church. Why? We got a dirt gravel parking lot. Rich women ain't going to get out of their fancy car with their $700 shoes on and step down in the gravel. So what are you telling me? You care more about your shoes than you care about God. Well, Pastor, you don't know what it's like to walk. Take them off. Take them off. I know Craig probably been seeing this his whole life. I hope you don't walk into the gym wearing your shoes to ball in. No. No. Baller carry a bag. He walk in and slides. Walk in at some funky last year's LeBron. But when it comes time for that whistle to blow, bag opens up, put your good shoes on inside. People want to, well, if they had a nicer parking lot, I'd go. If they had better music, I'd go. If the preacher wasn't so uh, loud and uh, long-winded. All that's telling me is people have a limit to what they're willing to do for Christ. We're taking the limits off. You can keep being you if you want to. But I'm ready to be who God created me to be. I'm ready to do better. I'm ready to be all that God created me to be. Listen to what they did and we're done. Last verse, verse 9 says, So the officials forced Jason and the other believers to post bond, and then they released him. They had rather killed him, but God wouldn't let them. These first century apostles, they went... They went to jail. They were thrown in jail. They were forced to pay bond. They lived a life of persecution, but they lived holy, and they stayed faithful. I want you to hear this. Jesus stayed faithful to the very end. He was not willing to abandon the will of God for his life, but he endured the cross, and he did what God put him on this planet to do. And I want to do the same thing, and I want you to do the same thing. Thank God we don't have to endure the cross. We don't have to die for the sins of anybody else. All we got to do is let God use us to advance his kingdom. But I told y'all last week, it only advances by force. It's time for the people of God to profess allegiance to the one true king. I tell y'all every four years, I hate this time. A year out from an election. All the lines at high level. Fox will tell one thing on their news channel like it's the truth. You flip over to CNN, it ain't, it ain't what it happened. They'll tell you how it happened over there. And then they'll tell you what they say, and you turn it over to Fox. It's just all back and forth, back and forth. They just want to keep us wrapped up so we don't focus on the job at hand, which is telling the world about the only true king there is, the only real Savior there is, the only God who can save them. Now it's time for the people of God to profess allegiance to Jesus more than anything else. So how do we do it? How do we turn our world upside down for God the way they did? They said, this it's a handful of them. It's less of them than it is of us. They said, these few people have turned the world upside down about this Jesus. How do we do it? Glad you asked. Tell everybody. You go back, and I hope you do. You go back today and you read read these nine verses. Go back to the central theme that Paul was saying. This Jesus is the Messiah. 
We need to go out and make Jesus famous. I'm going to pray. We're going to get out of here in a minute. But God put something so in my heart this week as I was studying. I couldn't sleep at all last night. I was just, I was just alone with God in, inside this verse that churches use. I know it's late, but stay with me. Churches use this one verse a couple times a year when they, when they want to uh, have some type of revival. Anybody? Go ahead. Somebody tell us. What's the number one revival verse pastors pull out of their pocket once or twice a year to talk about uh, pe- people doing the right thing? If my opinion. 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, Put it on the screen and we'll be done. If my people. Not the lost people. Not the worldly people. Not, well, if the system stopped the prayer. Not the system. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, then means after. Then means if you got to do all that other stuff. Those are prerequisites to God hearing from heaven, forgiving their sin, and healing their land. Whether that land is America, or Duval, your house, your marriage, your children. This is the process. And God told me to tell you this. This shouldn't be something that we talk about a couple times a year. This should be something we live on a daily basis. And I got this in my prayer journal now. And I'm going to walk inside this verse. Watch me. And I invite you to do the same thing. I'm going to walk inside this verse every day for the rest of my life. I'm not going to just think about this verse when it's revival time. I'm going to realize that the only way to be who God called us to be is to be humble, to pray, to seek God. Not when it's revival time, but constantly. This is a lifestyle, not a revival verse. I want you to put this verse down on a piece of paper somewhere and I want you to look at it every day and I want to make sure you make sure that you're humbling yourself. Make sure that you're praying. Make sure that you're seeking God's face. Make sure that you turn from the wicked ways. We have elected the last two presidents have been the most controversial, destructive presidents in the history of this country. They have separated and divided and ripped this nation apart. And I come today to tell you America needs healing. I'm going to tell you what, if you, if, you reckon, if you identify as a Democrat, you better call him and say, look, get somebody other than this old man. He can't stay awake, and we can't afford to live in his country. Get a better, get a better rep. I don't, but if Biden wins, I told y'all Trump's going to jail. But if Trump gets out of jail and wins... Or any of the rest of them win. They will not bring healing to this land. Only God can do that. And God will not do it if we care more about sports, athletics, money, and comfort than we care about being humble, praying, seeking his face, and turning from the wicked things that we do. I challenge you today. Take this verse as a lifestyle. This is the heartbeat of how we change the world for Jesus. Pastor, I want to see my whole family get saved. Live humble. Be a praying person. Seek God's face. That, that word seek is a, in the present imperative tense, which means to do it 
now and continuously. Let's be who God called us to be. Because this world's in trouble. We've only got one life to live. And I declare to you today, I choose to live my life in a way that will honor God and advance His kingdom no matter how much force is necessary. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you would fill us with the Holy Ghost. Give us power to be who you've called us to be. Lord, I pray you'd raise up true believers inside this place and let us make your name famous in all the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast and visit us on the web at AOCFnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to AOCFnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people.